welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 21st of November 2010, entitled A Lesson in Humility, and the Bible reading is taken from Joshua chapter 7, verses 1 to 15. Here's Brother Steve Elliott. Okay, if you'd like to uh, turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 7, and uh, we're going to... Um, a short message this evening entitled, A Lesson in Humility. And uh, it's something that we all need, no matter who we are, how good we think we are. And uh, no more so than myself in this pulpit this, this evening. And um, Joshua chapter 7. And uh, we're going to read from verse 1 um, to verse uh, 15. If we'd like to stand for the honor of reading God's word, please. Uh, verse 1, But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing, for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Bethaven, on the east side of Bethel. And spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but few. So there went up thither of the people about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate even unto Shebarim, and smote them in the going down. Wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Verse 6. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide, he and the elders of Israel, and put dust upon their heads. Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side, Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us round and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Israel have sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen and dissembled also. And they have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because... They were accursed. Neither will I be with you any more, except ye destroy the accursed from among you. Up, sanctify the people, and say, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before thine enemies, until ye take away the accursed thing from among you. In the morning, therefore, ye shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord taketh shall come according to the families thereof, and the family which the Lord shall take 
shall come by households, and the household which the Lord shall take shall come man by man. And verse 15, And it shall be that he that is taken from the accursed thing shall be burnt with fire, he and all that he hath, because he hath transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he hath wrought folly in Israel. Okay, please be seated. It was um, Charles Haddon Spurgeon who once said, I believe every Christian man has an opportunity of being humble or being humbled. Yeah? I believe every Christian has an opportunity of being humble or being humbled. Um, we're going to have a look tonight at uh, Joshua and his people, Israel. And uh, we're going to see that uh, Joshua and Israel were a type of the Christian who at one time had a mountaintop experience with God, but then they experienced a lesson in humility. And um, we're going to have a little bit of a, a background to uh, the mountaintop experience that jo uh, Joshua and his people experienced. And uh, we'll see in chapter 6 and verse 1, uh, it says that now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. And then it says, none went out and none came in. So we see here that there was a fear upon the people, upon the ungodly people, because of Israel, because of God's people. And they had destroyed enemies, and now they were coming to Jericho, and it says that it was shut up, which basically means that it was secure. None was going out and none was coming in. They were afraid, okay? Uh, verse 2, we see that uh, Joshua uh, listens to the word of God and the directions that God gives to take Jericho. And uh, verse 2, it says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once, thus shalt thou do six days, and seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And verse 5, what a great verse this is. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. So here we see that, you know, a commander receiving these uh, commands from the chief in command, the Lord God, okay? And uh, this was the way that God wanted Jericho to be taken. This is not the way that every city was taken, but this was a specific command by God this is how you're going to take it. And Joshua, he listens to God, okay? He hearkens unto the Lord, and uh, he hears God's directions. And um, we see that in verses 6 to 7, that Joshua, he instructs the people of God's plan. He tells them what God um, has just told them. And he's basically saying that when they are to go, that uh, the armed men are to go in front, then there's going to be seven priests to follow behind, then there's going to be the Ark of the Covenant, and behind the, the rear reward were going to be the people. And um, they were to 
um, surround Jericho. They were to go uh, march around it once every day for six days. And on the seventh day, they were to march around seven times. And the trumpets, the trumpeters, the priests were to blow those trumpets and they were to shout. And the walls were to fall down. And what do we find in verse 20? They follow the instructions of God. And uh, we see in verse 20 that they take the city. It says, so the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city, just as God had said it would happen, you know? And here we see the obedience of God's people, and we see them experiencing victory because of, um, because of uh, listening to God and obeying his instructions. In verse 25, we see here that Joshua and, uh, and, and his people, they save the life of um, a harlot that was called Rahab, verse 25. And it says, and Joshua said, sorry, <clears throat> chapter 6, yeah. And Joshua saved Rahab, the harlot, alive. And not only uh, um, Rahab, but also uh, her father's household and all that she had, and okay, and the Bible says that she dwelled in Israel even when this was being written. She was saved, okay? And uh, we read in verse 27 that Joshua becomes famous. He becomes um, somebody that, it's, um, uh, that is um, famous in, in the land. In verse 27, we read, So the Lord was with Joshua and his fame was noised throughout all the country. You know, this reminds me of King David. Remember when King David, he slew Goliath? Yeah? And uh, all the people were, were uh, noising abroad the great victory that he had. Well, we see here that the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame, the Bible says, was noised abroad throughout all the country. Yeah? So we see here a picture of Joshua and his people if you like, on a mountaintop experience. They had just um, experienced a great victory in the Lord. And the reason it had been is because Joshua and the people had listened to the instructions, the commandments that God had given them. I wonder, have you, have I, have we experienced those times in our Christian lives where we have been on the mountaintop? With God, we've maybe we've experienced a great victory in our Christian life. It might be something that might not seem great to another person, but it's an achievement, something that we've done, and we know that we've done it because the Lord was with us and because we've taken a step of faith. It might be you've gone out onto the outreach, it might be that you've been speaking with somebody about the Lord, and maybe you've even led them to the Lord. And you know, it's a great um, thing to experience. And, you know, you get encouraged by it and you feel as though you've had a great victory. You feel as though you've, you, you've listened to what God wants you to do and you've, and you've done it and you've, and you've got a victory. And it's like being on a mountaintop. It's a, it's a great feeling. It's a great, it's a great experience. Victory. It might not only, it might not just be a time uh, on the outreach. It might be a, a personal thing in, in your personal life, your personal walk with the Lord. It might be a sin that God has, has given you victory over, a temptation that comes and you've got a victory over it. But you know, 
that there are two sides to a mountaintop. And there are two sides to a mountaintop experience as well. And we need to be very aware of this. The first one is, which is this, which can be found in Psalm 34 and verse 8. Psalm 34 and verse 8. And it says this. It says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Then it says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. So you see, if we're going to see that the Lord is good, the Bible's saying here is that there's something that we need to do. We need to taste and we need to see. And you know, tasting, it's an act of, um, it's not um, passive. It's doing something. And you know, if we're going to experience uh, and see that the Lord is good in our lives, often it's going to come through faith, a step of faith somewhere. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And you see, Joshua here, he, t- he tasted and he saw that the Lord was good. And then it goes on to say, um, blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Wonderful. That's a promise for each and every one of us here tonight. Whoever we are, taste and see that the Lord is God. Taste and see. But not only do we see this side of the mountaintop experience, but there's another one. Not only the blessing, but there's also a warning. And we can see that um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. And here... Um, is a warning, really, that we, we all need to take heed of, and especially when we um, experience those mountaintop times and victories in our Christian lives. In verse 12, it says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. This is a very, very important verse. There are many Christians that have fallen by the wayside, and... Um, and uh, one of the reasons is, is that they think that they, uh, they can stand in their own strength and by their past experiences. And, um, you know, we can't do it. We need to take heed. We need to remember that we're, we're, we're from the dust of the earth. And if it's not of the Lord, if the, if the Lord is not with us, then, um, you know, we're, we're, we're in our own strength, in our own power. What the Bible says here, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. And it's very easy for pride to start to come in. You know, when we've had that victory and we think, oh, you know, I, I can, I've done it this time, I'll do it, I'll do it next time, no problem. You know, we need to be um, relying upon the Lord for our strength. That is so important. And um, let's just get back into Joshua chapter 7 now because here uh, we're going to see a lesson in humility, okay? And um, we're just going to take it from verse 1, and we see, first of all, that there was a man called Achan, and Achan was of the tribe of Judah. His name actually means troublesome. It's, um, it's incredible, isn't it, how the names uh, fit the characters of some of the people in the Bible. But Achan, the Bible says, that he took of the accursed thing. Now, if you go back into chapter 6 and look at verse 18, it says... And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing. Why? Lest ye make yourselves accursed. When ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. 
okay? So the instructions went out loud and clear way before um, they... Um, way before they went into Jericho. But you see, this man of God's people didn't listen to God's instructions. And uh, the Bible says that he took, okay, he stole it and he hid it in his tent. We're thinking about tents this morning, okay? And um, he, he took it. And I think as we read this, um, we can see here a type of Satan's attack upon God's people. You know, very often when we have that experience, that victory, that those victories in our Christian walk, that very often the devil will come and he will try to tempt us with something and he'll try to, try to knock us. Remember that time when Peter was on the Mount of Transfiguration? Remember what, what an opportunity, what a, a time that must have been to be with the Lord Jesus and to be with Moses and Elijah but um, remember that um, the Lord Jesus Christ had to say to, Satan, uh, to, to Peter at one time, he said, Satan, get behind me. And you see, uh, Peter, okay, w- was used in a wrong way by the devil. And, um, you know, we need to be very careful. But the Satan will try to attack us at all times, but he will try to attack us specifically when we're experiencing those victories in our Christian walk. Um, let's just um, have a look at 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. You know that the devil, he hates Christians getting victories, experiencing victory in their, in their Christian walk. Um, but the Bible says here in Peter, it says, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Don't think that the devil is some, you know, spiritual being that is, you know, way back there in the Old Testament times in the book of Genesis, and now he's got his hands behind his neck and his feet up and he's not really bothered about you today. That's not true. The Bible says here that we have to be sober and vigilant because he's an adversary, the devil, and he roars like a, like a lion, and he wants to devour us. But the Bible says in verse 9, it says, Whom resist in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Okay? So, um, uh, you know, there'll be many of us here tonight that have that experience. We know that the devil will, will come along, and, uh, you know, it may even be, in somebody who is very close to us, it may be in a friend, you know, an attack can come very, very subtly sometimes. And, you know, the devil will try to, um, to deflect us. But the Bible says that we need to be uh, sober and uh, vigilant. Is a roaring lion. Uh, back in chapter 7 and verse 1, um, we see that Achan, he took of this accursed thing, and um, we see that God's anger was kindled against his people. That's at the end of verse 1. And um, this is basically saying that God's wrath was upon this thing that um, Achan had done, his displeasure, because it's sin. Okay? And um, I, I just wonder, uh, I know that as, as we, uh, we read uh, chapter 7, um, I'm not sure whether Joshua was actually aware at this time if 
the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel at this time, um, I would imagine it's a possibility because Joshua was a man that uh, walked with God and he listened to God. Um, but um, maybe that's just speculation, I don't know. But uh, notice that in verse 2 that um, Joshua, he sends men out to spy in a place called Ai. It's a small city, okay? A small place. In verse 2 it says, And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Bethaven on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up, view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. Okay? And uh, we read in verse 3 that um, the men come back and they say that, um, Look, uh, we've seen uh, the land. And um, he says, Make not all the people to labor, uh, for they are few. Okay? They see that this is a place where there are people small number of people which not really going to cause God's people but many problems okay and they come back and say oh, just just send a few to take this place okay look what we've done before us look what we've done in Jericho surely we're going to do the same here well let's see what happens um, verse 4 we see here that uh, 3,000 Israelites flee when they go in to, uh, to Ai uh, it says, so there went up thither of the people about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai. What an embarrassment. God's people had to flee from a small, insignificant uh, place as this um, in Ai. But that's the reality. That's what happened. And we noticed that in verse 5 that uh, 36 men were smitten. Uh, verse 5, it says, and the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate, uh, even unto Shebarim, and smote them in the going down. Wherefore, the hearts of the people melted, and they became as water. They became weak, frightened before the men of Ai. What a comparison with uh, what had gone on before. And this reminds me of a verse in Romans Romans 6 verse 23 that says that the wages of sin is death. You can't get away from it. You can't get away from it in the Garden of Eden. You can't get away from it here in Ai. And you can't get away with it today. It's the same principle with God. God doesn't change. Sin doesn't change. The devil doesn't change. It's the same. And disobedience always will lead to defeat for God's people. Always. Notice in verse 13, um, it says, uh, verse, uh, in the middle of the verse, in verse 13, um, God says that there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. And then he says, thou canst not stand before thine enemies. Okay? Very clear. When there's disobedience, when there's sin, we're not going to be able to stand in God's strength before our enemies, before the devil even. And then he says, until you take away the accursed thing from among you. And uh, here we see that sin has to be dealt with. Sin cannot be just swept under the carpet and just forgotten about. God doesn't work like that. Sin needs to be confessed and it needs to be brought before God. 
God will judge it. I wonder tonight, I wonder is there some accursed thing maybe in our homes, maybe in our Christian lives, it may be some secret sin that nobody else knows about, something that's hidden like it was in the tent of Achan, something that people can't see, but it's there because God knows it's there. And um, it may be some unlawful gain that we, that we have, something that we have got and it's not in a, in a lawful way. Maybe not many people know about it, but you do and God does and that's enough. Is there a way back after defeat for the Christian? Yes, there is. The Bible says that it's a word beginning with the letter H, and it's humility. Humility. Humility, the dictionary says, is a sense of unworthiness. Um, it's an act of submission. Those are not easy words. Those are not a, it's not an easy thing to put into practice because we don't like to think of ourselves as being wrong, you know? It's not an easy thing. But humility is the way back to God. Submission. Repentance. Why is humility, why is it such an important part of the Christian life? Well, I would just want us to look at three reasons why, and these are quite short tonight, but um, I think these will um, be seen very clearly here in the life of Joshua and, and his people and, and how it can apply even to our lives as well. Uh, why is humility an important part of the spiritual life? Well, the first reason is, is because humility is the proper attitude before God. Okay? God requires it. Verse 6, let's just see here how Joshua responds um, to defeat. And it says here, And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the even tide. It wasn't just a one or two minutes, five minutes here. No, the Bible says it was until eventide. And it says, it says, he and the elders of Israel and put dust upon their heads. And here we can see in the life of Joshua here and in the life of the leaders of the people, we see here a deep mourning, a deep mourning. We see in verse 7 and verse 8, we see here that Joshua, uh, he was confused. And um, we see here that he starts to ask God questions. It says, and Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? What to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side, Jordan. Then he says in verse 8, O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? So we see here that Joshua and the leaders of Israel, they mourn because of this defeat. And we see here that Joshua here is confused and we see here that he's a desperate man and he's seeking God for answers. He wants to know what is wrong. Why did the defeat come? Why did, why did his people, why did he experience this defeat? 
I wonder, do we do that when life seems to fall apart around us? You know? Um, maybe, I wonder, do we humble ourselves before God when things don't seem to go right? Things seem to be crumbling around us. Um, do we do what Joshua did? And do we humble ourselves before God? Do we get on our knees and do we ask God for answers? Why, God? Why has this happened? You know, the Bible says very clearly that humility is required by God. Let's have a look at um, a verse in Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. Micah 6 and verse 8. If you can't find it, don't worry, I'm going to read the verse. It says here that he, this is God, have showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy, and then it says, and to walk humbly with thy God. You see, God requires humility. It's not something that we can choose to take with us, to choose to, to have. The Bible says that God requires humility before him. And that is the proper attitude before a holy God. Let's have a look at a verse in Job, because the Bible teaches us here that Job, he saves the humble. That God saves the humble, sorry. Uh, Job chapter 22 and verse 29. And as I read this verse, this uh, reminded me of the situation and the state of man before he becomes a Christian. And it says here in verse 29, it says, When men are cast down, then thou shalt say, There is lifting up, and he shall save the humble person. So we see here that before he saves the humble person, that men need to be cast down, and then there needs to be a lifting up. And this reminds me of the situation of mankind before he becomes a Christian, because we think that we are good enough, don't we? You know? And um, we think we've got all the answers, and we think that we can do things in our own strength. Um, we, do, we think that we can live without God. We think we can even get to heaven without God and be a good person. But the Bible says that it's not like that. The Bible says that he will save the humble person. And if a person's ever going to get saved, that's the first step that a person needs to make on the knees in humility and admit that you are a sinner and you need, salva you need salvation. And only God can grant you that salvation through Jesus Christ, his sacrifice. You know, one thing I like about working with uh, children is a lot of times it's quite easy thing to, um, to, to teach children. And the reason being is because they have a, a little bit of a more of a humble spirit, an easiness to, to, to believe something that you're teaching. Now, let's think about um, what the Lord Jesus Christ said in Mark chapter 10. And um, remember when these people were bringing the children to Jesus and he said, Suffer the little children to come unto me. Forbid them not. Why? For such is the kingdom of God. 
And then he says in verse 15, chapter 10, he says, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. What a difficult thing this is. It is, it's difficult. It's not an easy thing to become like a child and to admit that you're wrong, that you're a sinner, and you need God to save you. It's not an easy thing. There are many people um, that are close to me, even in my family, and, you know, they, they say, look, I'm a good person. You know, I've not got any addictions or I'm not in any real need for God to do a work in my life. They just can't see the, the, of their state before a holy God. And humility is what they need, just like we all do before we become Christians. Not only is it the, um, the way, the, um, the proper attitude before God, but secondly, humility, it keeps us from trusting in our own strengths. Notice in verse 2 of chapter 7, um, do you notice here something that Joshua, uh, he didn't do before going into that place called Ai? Um, notice here that the Bible says in verse 1, that the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And then immediately in verse 2 it says, And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai. You notice something that Joshua didn't do here? What was it, Chris? Didn't seek the Lord? Or it doesn't seem here that he consulted with God, did he? Didn't seem that he consulted with God. Uh, it just says that Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai. It doesn't say here that he listened to the word of God or, um, you know, God spoke to him. It just says that Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai. Okay. And um, maybe here we can see that Joshua relied upon the strength of his army to defeat this small city. Maybe Joshua thought about what happened in the past and he thought, oh, Jericho, you know, this great city that we've just defeated, and all these, these people, and we defeated this place. How did we do it? Well, we did it with the Lord, but we shouted, and uh, the walls came tumbling down. Hey, AI, that's not going to be anything for us. And he just sent men into this small city uh, to take it. And it seems here without consulting um, the Lord. And I wonder, um, maybe that speaks to us here, about how often in our Christian lives we uh, do things without consulting with God. Um, you know, sometimes we will consult God about the big things. You know, we're going on, um, there's a big campaign coming up. You know, we're 2,000 people coming into our church or whatever. And, uh, you know, we'll have a prayer meeting next week. and We'll get down on our knees, you know. But what about those small things what about those small things that concerns our Christian lives? Um, maybe like the outreach on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, we've done 11 this month. We're going to do 12 this month. We've done it before. We've, you know, we've no, had no problem setting up and uh, speaking and preaching in the streets and giving out leaflets. Huh. That's a small thing. We've done it before. But you see what happened with Joshua? You know, he's taking this great city of Jericho. What's AI to us? What's this going out into, uh, into the streets? What's this going out into the pulpit? You know, the pastor stands in the pulpit every week preaching. 
But I know that he will, before he gets in the pulpit, he would have prepared himself before the Lord. He would have been in prayer and he would have been seeking the Lord. And you know, that's what we need to do. We need to do that in our Sunday school when, when we're teaching. We need to prepare. We need to prepare our hearts before the Lord. We need to be, we need to uh, hear from the Lord. And that means a time of seeking God and listening to him, reading his word, and uh, not just coming in and just picking up the Bible and just, you know. We need to uh, rely upon his strength. And that's why I think it's so important that we get down and we pray, you know, in the small things, the so-called, you know. And uh, this goes as far as even going out of your front door in the morning, going to work, you know. Before we go out in, into the world, why don't we just spend time of prayer with the Lord, seek his directions for the day, yeah? That's humility. That's saying that I need you, Lord. I need you to direct me through this day. I don't know what I'm going to come up with. You know, um, sometimes before I go out in the morning, I like to say to the Lord, um, Lord, whatever this day may throw at me, Please help me to, to handle it in your strength. Sometimes I fail the Lord, you know, sometimes more often than not. But I try to commit the day before I go out with the Lord. And we need to do that. That's humility. And um, let's get into the routine of doing it. Let's, let's trust him and uh, his strength. And um, let's trust that the Lord he will deal with not only the big obstacles, but he's going to deal with the small ones as well. And um, let's just be reminded that we need to consult with the Lord at all times, and especially on winning streaks. Yeah? Don't forget the Lord when you've had some victories and when things have been going well. Don't forget to consult with him at those times. Uh, so thirdly, I want us to see uh, briefly here that uh, humility... It makes our prayers direct and honest before the Lord. Notice here in verse 7, um, jo Joshua, he's speaking here, his heart. He's saying, Joshua, um, and Joshua said, Wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan? In a way, he's, he's like he's complaining. You know, what's going on, Lord, to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? What to God we have been content and dwelt on the other side, Jordan? And then he says, O oh Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? And notice in verse 9, it says, For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us round and cut off our name from the earth. And then he says, And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? So we see here that Joshua is concerned not only about the, his people, but is concerned about the name and the honor of God. And um, that's humility, we can see here. And uh, we can see here that Joshua's prayer, it was direct and it was honest. I wonder when was the last time that we ever prayed a prayer like that before God? Maybe it was the last time that we, we really needed to hear from God an answer or something was going really bad in our lives, you know. But when was the last time that we really prayed to the Lord directly and honestly to him. This is no, this is no formal church prayer. 
This is from the heart. You know, it really is. This is a prayer of a man that was afraid, a man that was confused, and a man that needed direction. And maybe there is somebody here in this room tonight, and maybe you are in need of direction. Maybe you want to know what the next step is. The next step is humility. Get before God and seek his directions. Get honest with God in prayer. And make your prayers direct to God. I wonder, do we pour out our real thoughts before God? Or do we ignore him and do we hide our needs from him? And... um, you know, God wants us to be upright, uh, upfront with him. We see this in the life of David. And we're going to um, look here at uh, the prayer that David prayed in Psalm 51. And uh, notice that this was a prayer that was direct and it was honest to God. Remember, David was, um, he committed adultery. And um, David here, starts to get truthful and honest before God. Notice in verse uh, 6, and, the, and the, um, the start of verse 6, David says, Behold, thou desirest truth. We were thinking about truth this morning. Truth in the inward parts. And that's where God wants to see truth in each and every one of our lives. It needs to be in here, inside, in the inward parts. And... Um, the Bible goes on to say that if there is truth in our inward part, in, in the last part of this verse, it says, and in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. A twofold um, uh, promise there. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. And if there is truth, he says that in the inward part, where you, where you um, desire that truth, it's, uh, God desires the truth, Thou shalt, he's going to make us to know wisdom. He's going to give us those directions and he's going to set our feet on that straight path with him. Um, but what a, a wonderful example of a man that got honest before God in his prayer. And that's where we need to be as well. Um, just in concluding uh, tonight, I'd just like us to turn to one verse, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5 and, um, <clears throat> and verse 6. And uh, here the apostle uh, Peter, he says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God. And then he says that he may exalt you in due time. And here's a wonderful uh, promise for each and every one of us here tonight. We need to humble ourselves under his mighty hand, under God's hand. And the Bible says that if we do this, the Bible says that he's going to exalt us in due time. He's going to set our feet on that um, rock. He's going to set our path straight. Um, But the Bible says here that it's going to come through humbling ourselves under his mighty hand, under God's mighty hand. What a wonderful promise that is. And uh, he goes on to say in verse 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. He loves you, just like he loved Joshua and his people. Humility, that's where it starts with God. And um, 
That's where the position that we need to be before him. And if we are a person in here tonight, maybe we're a young child, a young person that has never asked Jesus Christ to be our saviour, that's where salvation is going to start. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon my name shall be saved upon the name of the Lord. That's where it starts. Humility. Um, and if we're a Christian here tonight, be encouraged that we need to be casting our care upon him. He cares for us and he's going to uphold us. What a wonderful uh, promise that is. Shall we uh, have a word of prayer? Dear Lord, we just thank you uh, tonight, Lord, for some insight into your precious word. We thank you, Lord, for what we can learn in the life of uh, Joshua and uh, the children of Israel. And dear Lord, even though, Lord, they took of the accursed thing, Lord, there, there was a way back, Lord, for, um, uh, for his people. And we thank you, dear Lord, that, um, that Lord, they uh, got the accursed thing out, dear Lord. And, um, Lord, they put things straight, but they went to you, dear Lord, uh, in humility. And, dear Lord, we uh, thank you, Lord, that that's the same for us here tonight. Thank you, dear Lord, that, um, that you do save, Lord, the humble. And uh, help us, each and every one of us, dear Lord, because often we find it very difficult. And it's not an easy thing, dear Lord, to admit that we have gone wrong. But Lord, um, we thank you that you... Um, are the one that knows us inside out, Lord, and you're the one that invites us to come to you. And uh, we just pray that you'll help each and every one of us, Lord, as we go from this place tonight, and uh, to be a witness for the Lord Jesus. And we pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen.